Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. TV, Church Talk TV. Live. Hey, we're, we're, we're live, we're on TV. TV, sorta. Yeah, that's whatever it is. <laughs> I just, yeah. Church Talk Live. Hey, we're great to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. We are talking about, on these, okay, this is Holy Week, right? And, you know, Holy Week is, you know, a, a, a crazy busy time and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here, here's the deal, is that the, the question you have to look at as you go into this week is, where is mission, not missions, singular mission, what is the mission of your church? Where is mission in the midst of all this, I don't know what should I say, craziness? Yeah, well, I want to I want to thank you for making that distinction between mission and missions, because mission really or, or often missions, I'll say it that way, is a little MM uh, missions, how we reach out beyond the doors of the church. Well, we're talking today about capital M, big M, M, uh, talking about what the mission of your church is. You know, one of the things I talk about, and, and I, I just a couple of weeks ago, we had a long Facebook discussion on mission versus missions, and missions are what you do in order to achieve your mission. Yes. Missions is the hand stuff, the, the reaching out and whatnot to get the mission done versus making disciples, and therein lies in my personal opinion, one of the biggest problems we see in churches today is that they're caught up in missions that has nothing to do with the mission. There's no handoff. There's no uh, no entrance into disciple making. They're doing nice things for the sake of doing nice things, which is, I guess, a nice thing, but... <laughs> Yeah, true, 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 true. Really? Well, I mean, you're dancing around it. You and I uh, approach mission, church mission. And and I will say, when you ask a church, so do you have a mission? Well, yeah, you know, we do this for our community. We do that. Well, that's yeah, your food pantry. <laughs> yeah. So when we ask if you, we, well, today we ask you, well, do, does your church have a mission to say this is what we do and that is what we do is not the answer that we're looking for, right? So you, my dear one, you and I come at this a little differently, how what how we look at mission. So yeah, you can make faces at me. We've had this discussion so many times. That's why it's called church talk. All right. So you do you want me to start and or do you want to go? Because I'm we're not well, gonna but we're just gonna look at this a little differently. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. You're, you're, you've got the floor. Because you got the talking mind, stick. <laughs> much simpler than mine. Mine builds on yours in a lot of ways. So, so tell tell us what what is mission? The mission of the church. Well, I mean, the mission of the church, at least in my opinion, and the way I interpret scripture. Maybe you interpret it differently. I'd be interested to see how we go with that. Um, is that when Jesus said, "Go and make disciples." And then he said, then this is how you do it. You teach them to obey and you baptize them and blah, blah, blah. But the key, the, the mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus who were sold out disciples, sold out to Jesus, who are not just 
pew sitters. I call them uh, pew plants. You know, they they sit on the they, they sit on the, uh, the the pews and hope that someone will shine a little sunshine on them, give them a little fertilizer and some water, and everything's fine. And then they sit there, and any fruit they bear is right there in the church, as opposed to neighborhood missionaries or community missionaries that are out there making more disciples, which is, of course, in my definition of what a disciple of Jesus is, as I look at what I think Jesus is trying to communicate, it's about making more disciples. Disciples make disciples. That's how, are you really a disciple of Jesus? The question is, how many people have you had a conversation about faith in? Okay, now I'll shut up and let you say Okay, what? no, that's really good. Uh, but you again, I think that it gets a little confusing because you talk about the mission and missionaries, right? So, but when you're hearing or you're saying missionaries, correct me if I'm wrong, that what you're saying is that missionaries are who are those who are carrying out the mission, right? And that mission right. is to make disciples who make right. disciples. Right. Whether you're whether you're whether you're talking with your next door neighbor or your barista, or you're standing in the checkout line, or you're, and this is happening more and more, I'm, I'm hearing all sorts of stories today, especially in rural areas, but not exclusively rural areas, where they're knocking on doors and saying, hey, how, how can we pray for you? And, and that, again, the whole point is to make disciples. And so the mission is, go ye into all the world, starting with your next door neighbor and the people you work with. And then your neighbor, and then your neighbor, and then your neighbor, and your neighbor's neighbor, right? Not just you, because if you're making disciples, they're going with you and then going without you into their into their own spaces. So yeah, to clarify that. And someone once told me and maybe told us, uh, I'm thinking it may have been a Baki class that that they said, uh, if the last request, if your, you know, your grandma had a last request or your dad had a last request, uh, you know, on, on their the deathbed, death on their deathbed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wouldn't you do everything in your power to fulfill that? Well, Jesus's last request was to go into all of the world and make disciples. So why is it, if we love this this man, why is it that we would not uh, fulfill, do everything we could to fulfill that that last request? So I'll go there with you. Um, what I add on to it is, though, each church has a mission, a reason that they were, that they were, um, created, right? So that's where I come back in is I'm going to take that. It's to make disciples, but each church has a specific, like I, the way I'd like to say it again is why did God plant you you know, when he did, where he did, what, you know, what is your mission in that place? Now it breaks down as uh, when you work with churches, or, you know, one of the churches I pastored several years ago, when, um, when you look back and there are ways to discover your mission, but when you looked back at their mission statement, it was so they didn't have to cross the bridge to go into Seattle to go to worship. They wanted to be able to worship on their side of the uh, of the Metro Seattle area. So, I mean, I that was kind of a problem from the very start, uh, you know. Ah, oh, but that's the issue, right? If you don't know that, if you don't have a solid mission when you start, it just gets really sick as you go along. To be fair, that church no longer exists. Exactly. That church died. It continued, you know, it, it had its heyday, um, you know, because all these people who want didn't want to cross the bridge, they, they met there. But as that original group began to die and move and leave and, you know, attrition, all the normal stuff that happens because people don't stay in congregations forever because eventually you have a, a heavenly congregation to go to, that church just, there was no real purpose for existing anymore. 
And well, so they, they shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. Right. Well, and let me add this to it. Woohoo! That uh, that that you know they got started, but they were probably four or five years in, and there became a theological debate, and it was rather whether they would focus in on um, on social justice. Vietnam War was going around then. You know, were you going to go in that and peace peace marches and all uh, uh, associated with that? Or were you going to center on prayer and be be more, you know, Christ focused? Yes. And what happened that the two parted ways, the prayer focused people went off to another part of the city and they became the largest church in the whole Pacific Northwest, not just Seattle, not just Washington, but over into what's next to them, Idaho, and I think even, I'm, I'm positive, Oregon. Oregon, they became this massive, massive uh, movement for Jesus with prayer at, at their core. So but, there was their mission. This one failed. Right. Well, and, and I, 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 want, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I, I would split hairs just a, spit, a, a, a bit and say that the, the, both of us are agreeing the mission is to make disciples. And then every church has a different, if you will, somewhat of, well, every church's purpose is and they were pretty big on disciple making. I mean, let's be honest, that was that they were really big on that, but it was that we make disciples. And part of that is a part of our charism, part of our who we are as a culture is we 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 bathe everything. I think that's their word. Bathe everything in prayer. They they spent immense time in prayer and um and disciple again the discipleship part right. because that was their mission and that the their value, if you will, one of their core values was prayer. And right. their vision was to be a prayerful place of, and I don't remember what their their vision was in their words, but I don't. But that that's so that's where I you know for me the the mission is this is it there ain't nothing else but and you can gussy that up and, and say lots say it lots of different ways we invite people into relation with jesus to help them become you know immersed in the congregation and where we help them become disciples of jesus and send them out into the world to make more disciples okay that's still saying make disciples it's just nicer and right. you know prettier. but it's right. still right, right. And, and and I'll bring up, I'll, I'll I'll go back with you on that church that went out. Indeed, prayer was not that was part of their charism, but that and that was a part of their focus. But it really did come down to inviting people. That's how they became a mega church. You know, people just don't flock to you. Now they did some really cool things, and people flocked there. But what uh, like they had a living Christmas tree with singing that was incredible, and and people flocked there. And if I'm not mistaken. And there was, you know, an invitation to meet Jesus and celebrating his birthday, uh, rather just celebrating Christmas at the end of that. And that that uh, accrued more people and more people. So that was all part of it. Make disciples, make disciples, make disciples. Right. Exactly. I, I agree. So yeah. so so I want to I want to shift the conversation since we essentially we agree in the basics and I hope that you who are watching and participating that you're catching on to this that there there's this mission that's why you exist that's the whole point of what your your church does not exist to relieve suffering those are missions and you relieve suffering don't get me wrong I'm not saying don't do suffering relief I'm saying you relieve suffering on the way to discipleship 
Um, just had a conversation this week with a pastor who was talking about he's a, a small church and they go out and they're, they're doing some really good missional things. They're they're going to the laundromat and putting quarters in people's dryers while they're there. And and he said, but one of the things we don't do is we don't we don't get in their face and tell us we're from the church and da da da. And I said, you're missing the boat here. That that you know you you Matthew five sixteen I think it is says let your light so shine so that people may see your good deeds and give glory to God. No one gives glory to God if they don't know that the church or that a Christian or that someone who's representing God, an ambassador, if you will, of Christ. I think Paul said that is is involved in this. Otherwise, they say, "Well, it's a nice thing." Thanks. You know, there's lots of people doing nice things. And so the 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 um, this uh, what I told this pastor is you know you don't have to be in their face but you you at least wear a branded T-shirt or a hat you know at least you know say hey we we I'm doing this I just want to let you know hey I'm a part of this church and you know it can be conversational but get the word out that, that having said that you know the the suffering relief is again that's the one of the tools we use to reach and touch and make disciples of Jesus. You don't do it. We don't do it. In, in my personal understanding, and when I read scripture, even Jesus didn't do his miracles for to relieve suffering. He didn't heal everybody. He didn't right. raise everybody from the dead. He didn't feed, you know, one of the things we talk about is he, well, he fed the hungry. Yeah, he fed 5,000 people who had enough, who had enough money or were unemployed to leave their jobs for a day and take a day vacation. In fact, two days vacation. Um, that really wasn't a majority. And most of those people would have, would have been merchants and people who had the money. And did he feed them? Yes. Did he feed them again? Apparently, according to one of the other gospels, yes. But then when they said, hey, feed us, he goes, no, I'm, I'm not doing miracles for you to do the sake of miracles. Um, he, he Again, and not one time do I love this. Not one time do we see him giving alms. I'm sure he did, but we don't see that. It's not one of the biblical records. Everything he did was to bring attention to God, um, not necessarily to himself, but to you know, the, God. The kingdom of God is among you. Look in here. This is the kingdom of God. He was. He had a marketing message. Sorry, I know no one likes that, those words, but he had a message. He was trying to get out there, and and that that you know again, follow me learn from me learn you know obey the things i'm teaching which are from god um you know it again making disciples that's what jesus was all about and that's what we need to be all about the, the questions and I, and I said all that to say this is once we have a mission once we know our mission and if we're going to be focused on our mission then the question is how do we focus our churches on the mission because we're so easily distracted i think that's satan's biggest tool is let's distract them let's distract the pastor by telling him or her they have to make the bulletin they have to print the bulletin they have to print they have to, to to proof it they have they have to print it and fold it and and they have to do the newsletter and and they have to stay in their office for office hours and instead of doing what is the most important thing which is being out with the people who are not yet christians and helping become disciples of jesus how do we get churches to focus on the as you say the capital M mission. And I'll shut up and let you weigh in now. So now my friends back there still on laundromats and giving people oh. giving people cards, right? And you could even put the quarters onto the cards or get an envelope that has, you know, written on there this we we know like how expensive doing laundry is these days. So we wanna we just wanna, you know, um, I don't know. And on behalf of my church. We can twist almost or tweak almost everything. 
to to fulfill Matthew 5, 16 and still do suffering relief. We can still do disciple making without doing a anonymous random act of kindness. That, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand does. And that's in Matthew 6, I believe, maybe 7. But but that is in Greek, dear Greek person, um, is in singular, you, when you personally do that. But the Matthew 5.16 is y'all. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the community. We do things in the name of, for the sake of disciple making. Well, and Jesus himself, you know, when he's criticized for, uh, for you know, the, the woman anointing him and, you know, oh my gosh, that money could have been used for the poor. And he's like, hey, the poor you're going to have with you, with you always, but I'm only here, right? The, and I, I'm pulling all kinds of scriptures in here, like I and the father are one, you know, there it is, right? Yeah, I know. So it's, it's, it's all there. The woman who gives everything she has. I love that. It really struck me a few months ago, right? She gives everything she has there. And he's like, whoa, check that out. She's given everything she has. But did he go and give her more money? Did he feed her? Did he, did he tell the guys, hey, go take care of her? No, no. That's, that's an example of, uh, you know, just that unmerited um, giving and right. love and devotion, right? And I have a great story, which I'm not going to share about with the church managed to liquidate 100% of its funding and assets around the world. There was a study done at, to to put an end to poverty. It can't happen. Even if we could do that, it doesn't even make a dent in global poverty. And it, it would be, we just have no churches and no assets. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't the focus of Jesus. Jesus' focus was make disciples, make disciples, make disciples. Right. And and it's amazing what happens when we do that, right? That then we're able to recognize the gifts and realize the gifts and give the help that we can. So, uh, you know, another church that I knew where they had a person that had, you know, just a lot of difficulties. They met them through, uh, um, through one of their helping giving organizations or, you know, ministries, but they moved that person into the congregation and then they had they'd set up they had I call them wisdom councils kind of like but it it was a a, a group of people a small group of people <laughs> had experience in um finance experience um, um getting over debt experiences and knew the community well vocational people who worked with vocational training and so two or three of them met with this person and was able to help them get get up and on their feet. And this person then had a testimony to what the church did for her and she brought more people uh, to the, the church there. So, I mean, that's that practical discipleship, but it, it began with her, her coming into the church, not just giving, giving her another handout so that she could get clothes, right? Um, but yeah, there always has to be the connect. Yeah, it's nice to do nice things. It's 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 nice to do things that are that have no strings attached or no discipleship attached or whatever. And you know, you on an individual basis, you should absolutely do that. You, you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But when it comes to what the church is doing, okay, the body of Christ organization, you know, us together, then they can't be anonymous. And it not only can it not be anonymous, it can't be for the sake of doing nice things. It's, it's for the sake of making disciples. And that's a mandate. And, I, you know, so I, I want to shift the conversation, Chris, because we only have 10 more minutes. And, um, and, and 
I think we've got that point. Go ahead, Chris. I don't know exactly where you're going, but I want to say this, that in a way, what we're talking about, we're starting to hint, hint into is vision, big V vision. And so vision then is how you in this day and time, right? Mission is the reason we were created. Why, why, you know, what that, that mandate underlying fundamental mandate is, but then how each of us lives that out, that's called the vision. And that's just as important as as claiming your your mission so let's i want to keep those separate go ahead and so we'll talk about that another day so Great. what i want that's what i'm saying i just need to speak that go so i want so i want to bring it back and you say you don't know where i'm going here's where i'm going is the biggest issue i find in a lot of churches they have no idea how to implement the mission they have no idea how to make it the number one thing in their church and so they keep getting distracted by this and distracted by this and and this that doesn't actually achieve the mission and and we're, we're doing this because well we've always done it and so we have to do it and it and everything and and, and this is the key is that everything the church does everything from worship to small groups to every missions with an s that the church does is meant to make disciples somehow. And the problem is, is that most of what churches do isn't achieving that. Um, you know, Christian education, I, and, and I, I, I get in a lot of trouble for this, but Christian education is not making disciples. It's educating people, but you look at their lives and they, okay, they, they, they come to church, they're, they're tipping, or maybe they're even, even tithing, although that's a very small number in the United States. Um, there, there's a whole lot of tippers out there. Um, but that, but they're, they're, it's not making a fully developed disciple of Jesus. In fact, if our church had disciples of Jesus, we would have standing room only because they'd be bringing people in. Go ahead, Chris. I saw you no, want to say something. it's my turn. Yes. Okay, yeah. so we're doing a quick commercial. Phillips Seminary, the Center for Ministry and Lay Training, is offering just, uh, education and leader development, and I get to teach that. And it's in June, July. Look at Phillips Theological Seminary or um center for ministry and lay training get a hold of us what we're at host at churchtalk.tv you can reach us we'll give you the information for that because it, originally the title was christian education and leader development and when i started teaching i was like no way this isn't about christian education education leader development that's exactly what we're talking about another piece i want to say is you know we said well the congregation you know we've always done it this way guess what the ministers are you ministers and and church leaders staff person leaders you're the ones who are keeping us all over and pastor if you're being knocked all over like a little ping pong ball jump off the table and start all over again your job is to be getting that mission across and if you don't if you don't feel comfortable you don't think you can say hey church this is what our mission is all you can have to do is start gently saying, you know, Jesus's mission to us was this, this, and that. How does that fulfill that? And when you start to, to ask that, how does this fulfill that? Or how could this fulfill that? You'll find a shift. People don't tend to push back against that. You don't get to, well, we've always done it that way until you, uh, until you start doing some major changes. So we're not talking about conflict, creating conflict. We're just talking shifts to get us to a different place 
it can take two or three years to get the congregation to shift, make that shift. But it, and just like you said, it starts this way. It starts with when someone has a good idea for something new or something coming, coming up on the calendar we've always done, then you say, okay, is this, you know, in, in your board meeting, council meeting, whatever, is this fulfilling our mission? And then, and, and, and then, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, finish your thought. Go ahead, finish, finish. I didn't interrupt. I just shook my head. It's not, it's not, is it? It's how is this? Okay. Right? Because if you say, is this, then it's a yes or no question to begin with. But the other part is they can get really snitty about it, but you can ask them, how, how is this? Or how does this fulfill? You've got a chance at that point of shifting of them of, of them saying, oh, and you can say, how could we? Uh, I watched this happen at this church. It was beautiful. You know, they had their ministries, uh, all everything they were doing all over their walls. And then they started to ask, and I think it was a chilly dinner, but it was a, an annual feeding people um, kind of event. And then, uh, and then one of the leaders said, how is this, how is this fulfilling our mission? And they, everyone's like, oh, I don't know. And, and I said, well, what if you, da, la, la, and they were able to shift it and start to move in that direction and actually had a lot of pride in, in being able to do that. So, absolutely. And, 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 and I would have, that would be my next, does this fulfill a mission? And then, okay, what do we need to do to make it to get it in line? But either way, um, I mean, but that the how is this fulfilling our mission is a, the mission is, is incredible because. You know, well, we're going to do our annual Christmas bazaar. Great. We're what? What's? What, how does this fulfill our mission? Well, we're we're making money so that we can support our youth group. That's not supporting that. That that that's nothing to do with the mission. Well, it's making disciples. Um, how many kids have you know are bringing and and how many kids are going to show up in church or be a, an active disciple of Jesus Christ when they're nineteen? Well, well, yeah, you know, or how many of the kids are coming and are staying? You don't even have to do will that, that, you know, where's your daughter? Is she going to church anywhere? That church that we were talking about up there in Seattle, right? When they were whining about stuff and we doubled and, and there was so much whining about that because we shifted into disciple making and, and then, you know, when, when we don't have this, when, when they don't do that. And I said, so where does your child go to, you know, go to church? Where does your son go to church? They don't go to church anymore, but they grew up in this church. Yeah. And I said, what does that say to you? There you are. That, I mean, that's the bottom line is, is, is that if, if what we're doing is working, where is everybody? So, you know, folks to say we're going to, well, we're, we're, we, we've always done that way. Well, maybe that's the problem. Maybe if we focus on disciple making, which makes disciples, you know, people who are totally sold out, who are not just, they're well-educated, but they're actually making disciples, then, then maybe, then maybe. So, um, so it starts with, as, as I said, you know, with this on your calendar, either a new, a new ministry, hey, let's do this. How does that, using your words, Chris, and I, I agree with them, how do you, how does this fulfill our mission? How, or will, something, it? how will it how fulfill will it? our mission? And then the, the upcoming event, you know, that's coming up on the calendar, how will this? And then, you know, then you start moving into the, the things that aren't coming up the calendar, they're ongoing. How is our worship service fulfilling our mission? How are our small groups fulfilling our mission? And to be fair, most small groups don't fulfill the mission. Right. That, fellowship groups that which is great we need fellowship we need connection they're bible study groups that's great we need bible study but what is the outcome 
if the outcome is better educated Christians who are still believers, who are still sitting on their blessed assurance, then hey, something has to change. How do we tweak our small groups to be disciple making? And last week, I believe it was, if you go to my post um, or my, my profile, you can find a, uh, a handout, a one of my resources that will tell you how to or walk you through how to create small groups that change lives. We're almost out of time. Chris, you uh, you want to wrap this up and then we'll go to our outgo. I do. And just I want to bring back the importance of this and that um, a lot of church conflict comes and we don't move because we're afraid of the conflict uh, that may arise out of that. But let me tell you, if you were creating disciples and you had you'd have mature Christians and they'd be getting it and they'd be moving uh, down. So save yourself some hassle now get them mad at you, or even more, get out of your comfort zone. We are out of time, aren't we? We are. Hey, we'll see you Thank next you week. Here. Have a great right. day. Bye-bye. <laughs>